Thanks for joining us. I'm Alan Burke, a landscape architect here in the Puget Sound region, and you are listening to the Green Meridian Podcast. This wintry season has me thinking about holidays, history, and horticulture. It's somewhat troubling to think about how far our national holidays have strayed from their original meanings. Whether you consider the Coca-Cola symbolism of Santa sliding down a chimney, or the candy-colored creation of Valentine's Day, our holidays have lost almost all of their true significance. The seasonal awareness and autumn magic of harvest festivals have devolved now into a Halloween serial killer horror show. Don't get me going on the far from the Mayflower bloat of Thanksgiving, or get me started on Easter either. What peeps have to do with Christ's resurrection is beyond me. These holidays were founded long ago in the changes of the seasons, and fascinating and powerful beliefs in mythology, but they flounder now as buying sprees from Madison Avenue and excuses to drink. But I digress. With the misplaced meaning of our national holidays, we've also lost a large and meaningful piece of our botanical past. Within your garden and grasp lies a deeper botanical layer of meaning and myth long forgotten, as surely as we don't recognize the ancient Roman festival of Saturnalia, the distant Roman precursor to Christmas. It's fascinating to consider these hidden folklores that surround plants that we see every day. In my own small way, I've tried to merge these hidden histories into my own efforts in theatrical gardens and in select projects in which a client will work with me to embrace the spirit of the place. These hidden mysteries of horticulture lie under the leaf clutter of centuries composting far from our memory. With a bit of careful investigation, I believe we can open up a novel, a new perception within landscape design and develop a fundamental understanding that will help us transcend the mundane and common knowledge of plant shape, color, and placement. We malign the simple Juniperus horizontalis as commonplace, forgetting that it was first documented by Meriwether Lewis and brought to Thomas Jefferson. We roughly plant a witch hazel without knowing that at its base the fairies sleep in Irish mythology. Innocent daffodils remind us of spring, but they're really a sign of death and rebirth in medieval culture. A world of history and mythic belief exists alongside our scientific botanical knowledge. Richly varied in meaning and steeped in magic, these botanical myths informed our ancestors, but we can barely hear the rustle of these stories as they speak to us of color and fragrance, healing and our past, a time when we were closer to the earth and to our gods than we are today. For those of you that know me, you recognize that I love this stuff, the ancient meanings within botanicals, historical significance in plant usage, and both the mysticism and the science of how we understand and misunderstand nature. 
My team has built award-winning theatrical gardens around these ideas, largely at my obsessive urging, granted, but I don't regret any of that. History, myth, science, and magic, they all coexist for those of us curious enough about horticulture and history to discover and to explore these worlds of myth and magic. There's no better place to look than within the fantastic world of flora. Researching this subject online, I was drawn to a number of sources, including plant-lore.com and uponreflection.co.uk, among others. Let's listen to a sampling of about a dozen plant materials and the historical beliefs hidden within them. We stand under the mistletoe at Christmas, bending to a kiss, not realizing that it's an ancient druid symbol, symbolizing a meeting place where no violence can occur. Ancient beliefs hold that the dogwood tree was cut for Christ's crucifixion, as it was true and straight. After this, it was said to have changed to become the gnarled and bent trunk tree that we know today. It was said that when the leaves on the white oak were the size of a mouse's ear, you should plant your corn. Oak is considered a tree reflecting constancy, honor, and nobility. You can Google Merlin's tree to learn a fascinating story about an ancient oak in England, a myth we recreated years ago at the entrance to the Northwest Flower and Garden Show. Foxglove was thought to be a cure for scarlet fever when leaves of foxglove were placed in children's shoes. Picking foxglove was seen as unlucky. The plant was absolutely forbidden inside the house, as this gave witches and the devil access. Lily symbolizes sorrow and is closely associated to death. It's used to symbolize death and danger, caution, and a deadly beauty. Strawberry was used for love spells. It symbolizes rewarded effort, love, passion, and temptation. Spruce represents growth and persistence, strength and endurance. Sage was used by some as a toothpaste, chopped with salt and rubbed on the teeth with Irish linen. Our ubiquitous boxwood, it was said, was unlucky to bring indoors, as the saying went, quote, if you bring box into the house, take a box out, unquote. Daffodil was another funereal flower. Welsh families made a great effort to tidy family graves and dress them with daffodils. You can see an example of this in our Mirabilia garden from our regional garden show. Check out the pictures of the stainless steel suit of armor in our portfolio, reflecting the death of King Arthur. Bluebell were enchanted plants. It was believed that their bells called the fairies to come out at midnight. Elm is associated with shadows and darkness and depression and was used to mark off areas to beware of in the countryside. Bayberry represented illusions and appearances. It was believed to be useful for visions and dreams and divining. And blackberry was considered to be the food of the fairies. It was extremely taboo to eat them within Celtic Britain. Hibiscus symbolizes beauty and fertility. The five-petal flowers remind some of protection, and its random growth reflects chaos. It's used for spells involving randomness, glamour, and repelling negativity. As landscape designers search for deeper significance in this short attention span world, perhaps we can take a moment to stop this holiday season and look at the kind of mark we're making and the meanings and mythologies of the plants around us. To be sure, we care about what we do. More than any other profession, I think, we work to shape the earth and the spaces that we consider. We play at God in our own tiny way, nudging plants and landforms in a well-meaning but 
feeble attempt to control nature and pretend to what we call permaculture and even the most native of our landscapes. But we do have a chance in our work to make sure that gardens are made well and to do something more meaningful than to simply place plant materials. We have an opportunity to inform more carefully those we come in contact with, impart deeper meanings into our projects, build habitat, and if we strive to better understand history, bring those that work with us closer to the earth and to our own fascinating past. Take a moment to feel the ancient textures in a botanical name. Learn the patterns of healing properties. Study our variegated past in leaf and flower. Find out more and honor your plant material by telling the long and meaningful story that makes up your landscapes. The plants around us hold a wealth of history and a fascinating chain of long-held symbols and beliefs that can reveal, through horticulture, the true mythological meanings of our holidays. Thanks for listening.